3: LPN Deep Dives presents A Court of Thorns and Roses With Natalie Jean and Jackie Zabrowski Uh, I'm
4: cursed and it's really difficult
3: (laughs) Okay, for me I see you and I validate you Thank you I I feel seen I look like a What's his name from the room, oh, yeah, you do. Tommy Wiseau, what
4: is wrong with us? Where are what? Where are
3: our priorities?
4: <laughs> I don't think we have any priorities anymore. I do look like him, though. Yeah, you do actually look like him. <laughs> you need to get you some sunglasses,
3: less like Cassian, yeah, more High like Hawk. Tommy Wiseau. No, you look oh, just but like, but imagine, okay, imagine Tommy Wiseau <laughs> directs. Yeah, guitar show. No,
4: (laughs) and he himself plays Cassian. How many roses there are? I mean, it is a court of thorns and roses. So he's really going to lean into the roses now. You thought there were roses in the room. You Mm -hmm. wait. Oh hi, Pharaoh. Oh hi, (laughs) Pharaoh. Man, I haven't thought about the room in a really long time. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Also, I love that you move and all your leathers are just like... I'm covered in feathers. You're covered in leather. This is going to be... Feathers and leathers. Feathers and leathers. The Zabrowski story. That's what our our next podcast will be. Feathers and leathers. And how difficult it is to wear either. Yes. (laughs) This is hard for us. I had to just strap Natalie into her leathers and now I have to talk to my therapist about it. <laughs>
3: oh no, you have to talk to your therapist. Yes. I'm so sorry. Well, it my was... sister in law made me strap her in.
4: <laughs> and I don't know how to look my brother in the face anymore. <sighs> ah <clears throat> Oh my god, she's got siphons. Yeah, I got siphons. Did you put the siphons on the gloves? Yeah. Wow. This is very impressive. I can't wait for you guys to see the video of this. You must check out this video because this is an impressive getup.
3: Uh, the, the sad part is I already owned most of this. <laughs> I just <laughs> mostly had to buy this, the gems.
4: <laughs> you just had to put the siphons
3: on. But well, now it's forever.
4: You know What are you going to do with this next? Well, these are duct taped on, so I'll just wear them. Okay, all right. You can just pop it off. You can yeah. just put those siphons on anything, huh? Yeah, you can just really throw them on anything it's kind of fun like it's just a big old gem stone on my hand yeah man looks great you should be wearing these gloves all the time i'm very scared you're gonna bunch me in the face um that's, that's the, the point fear, yeah, right yeah, that's, that's point. what you
3: want yeah that's the intimidation tactic. i'm just
4: glad i want everyone to know i'm living in fear
3: through the rest of this book well let's get into it all right Let's get into it. When we last left Prithian, Papa Archeron was coming in clutch. Daddy's home. Daddy's here. Not the stepfather. The father who stepped up.
4: Stepped up finally after 20-something Some years. years. Yeah. yeah he just, finally
3: was like, wait a second. I could be a father. What if I'm a father and take the most insane route to it instead of just listening to his children
4: and then i called my daddy and i said daddy why don't you have a ship for me and he's like who are you and i'm like oh dad (laughs) (laughs) would you do you wish that he had a ship called the jackie yeah of course (laughs) every time i go that's my ship every time i see it that is i mean for the bit father for the bit Please buy a boat. Can you imagine my father on a boat? Oh God! Oh, somebody get <laughs> me off this boat.
3: This, is gonna, this car got no wheels on it. Oh, <laughs> this car's
4: got. Are you leading into how Polish my father is
3: right now? <laughs> I'm just. And I'm just embodying him. <laughs> <laughs> ah, my dad's here, <laughs> hey, Jackie. Hey. No, he's wearing leathers. I don't
4: know how to feel. Oh, I'm God. in love with Cassie, and I can't think about my father wearing ew, leathers. Ew! Gross! Yuck!
3: Ew! Ew! But. All right, then we're getting out of this. Okay, sorry.
4: The wind whipped away the tears rolling down Nesta's face at the sight of our father's ships.
3: Because, of course, Nesta has openly hated her father, resented him for yeah. never helping them after he lost his money. And while Nesta is an extremely harsh person, slash Fey, there is some truth in her anger. Mm. He did let his youngest daughter go fend for the family for years, putting her in unknown dangers in the forest. But we have such little insight into his internal struggle. You know, we were left mostly with the series wondering if he simply didn't care about his children or was feeble-minded or was he dealing with some internal battle that he couldn't win. I wonder if it was like
4: that he was struggling with like a mental illness Mm -hmm. issue that he just simply couldn't
3: overcome it to help his children. It's got that has to be what it is. Right. I mean, that's what I would perceive now. But until this moment, you really don't know if he just abandoned his daughters because they don't know where he is. So for all we know, he could have just been, you know, gambling along the Riviera. Man, wouldn't that be a great way to
4: spend your time? I'm just thinking, like, I why did I ever leave Atlantic City every time I visit it, you know? <sighs> it's a dark place. Man. I don't know. I just gambled for the first time, so I'm
3: not the person to talk to about this. I would never go to Atlantic City for anything unless you have a severe gambling problem. Yeah. I used to go-go go dance there. Whoa, that's awesome! It was fine. When did you stop-stop? stop stop <laughs> <laughs> Guys. Ah. Um, but that's awesome, and it must have been not awesome though. It was fun. It was fun. It wasn't like stripping or anything. But yeah, I mean, th- it's it's a dark place.
4: Yeah. Did you wear really high boots?
3: Um, I think so. I don't. So, yes, I
4: believe I did. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've never been a go-go dancer. No one's ever asked, and I don't know why. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you simply missed out on being objectified. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'd hire you. Thank you. No. Yeah. Um but yes, so we don't we didn't know what was going on with him. And now him arriving at this battle, it would seem to be the ladder that while he let his children down, it wasn't from just disregard or not caring. Reese, Nesta, Ferah, and Dracon are all hovering over the ocean on their wings. Watching the Nesta, the Elaine, and the Feyra cut through the waves towards land. Would you want a boat named after you? I'm good. Or would it, yeah, would that bother you? We do so many missing stories about boats. I don't. Tr- I don't like it. Are they always named
4: after the people that go missing?
3: Often, because Whoa. Or, or or they're named after the person whose boat it is, or like the one of their kids, and then they're like they end up being like really evil and. Yeah, but if I had a boat, I would definitely call it the Jackie Dash. I'm great. And then it would be, then you know it's safe. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Dracon had told them that he was introduced to Papa Archeron only as the Prince of Merchants last episode, and then asks the group how they know this man. Reese explains who his mate is, and then asks Dracon if (gasps) Vasa, who they've also come with, has figured out how to break the spell that was placed over her by Kushki. That turned her into a firebird.
4: Ah, I'm the firebird!
3: That's Which why I have feathers. I don't I don't even know if I've said this. <laughs> I think, it's fire in feathers. I think it was pretty explanatory, but it's always oh, good to say. Ah, oh, I'm a firebird! I actually think you could be also be somebody else that comes in later in this episode. Ooh!
4: Hoo, hoo, hoo. I mean, this is technically my wrestling costume because I created a... a A character called Battle Bird. And um, Battle Bird, very similar to Firebird in a Mm. lot of ways. Yeah. Um, But they call the same. And isn't
3: that kind of nice? They're family. (laughs) Oh, they call the same. That's cute. (coughs) When Dracon tells the group to see for themselves, they turn and spot a soaring, speeding red, white, and gold bird. (coughs) As it
4: spread its wings wide, trailing sparks and embers across the waves. And they realized what? Who now flew at that enemy host? A firebird, burning as hot and furious as the heart of
3: a forge. So that we can assess there. Vasa has not managed to break the spell, but very useful in this final battle against Iber. Really works out. Really, thanks for the birds. Thanks for the, thanks birds. For the help. The court of Prithian believed that they stood no chance to survive this day on this battle, only banking on the hope that the four maid females would be able to dismantle the cauldron. All of this backup support is a big surprise. Now this unexpected fleet of riches has shown up, and Reese and Feyre are moved beyond words, tears streaming down Feyre's face. She knows the chances of victory are still slim, but now they stand that much more of a chance. And her father come came to rescue her. Ugh. And her father came to rescue her after all this time. Daddy does love me. It must be it must be a nice a nice feeling, you know?
4: Yeah, when they come back around and then it's like, oh, you do like me. But it's like, do I forgive you for all of the years of the mistreatment? And oh, now we have to undergo therapy. And now we really got to talk through our feelings about what happened through your entire childhood. I think the alternative— I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine.
3: I think, though, you can do that. Or if your father comes with an entire army, an armada— you just forgive you, him? Then you just go neutral. Whoa, well, then it's
4: neutral. Yep. So daddy gets ships, daddy saves me, mm-hmm. then it's neutral. Then it's over. All right. Well, man, there's a lot of dads that have got a lot of boat shopping <laughs> I know,
3: right? <laughs> so in this brief interlude in the sky, Reese warns Dracon that Jurian is here, but that his he fights for Prithian and the humans. And Dracon and Miriam, of course, not on good terms with Jurian, but they kind of say... Listen, probably save your lover's spat for later. He's helping us on our side, okay? Mm-hmm. Dracon nods that he understands, and then he turns to Cassian and gives him permission to lead all of his armies for him. Damn. Dracon and Reese exchange amiable, if not stunned, words with each other because they haven't seen each other for so many centuries Uh, Before Dracon flies off to his armies, this is so many complicated relationships. Like this is like in the Olympics
4: of all of the like side characters and complicated relationships. But like, but we got to put it by the side because we've got a battle to fight. And um, you know, people come together. It makes me think of the Muppets. It always makes me like brings a tear to my eye when everybody comes out and we're gonna fight them with underdogs, Akatar Muppets. Oh my God! Please. Although it would get definitely into like meet the Feebles territory. It would be, yeah, yeah, it would with all the sex. It would. Yes, it would be very. Actually, I don't know if I want that. No, I don't at all. I, I don't was, think I was I'd making a jake oh, Okay. <laughs> I took it very seriously. I take everything you say very seriously, <laughs> Natalie. <laughs> Um <laughs> I, know, la, 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 la. I was making a jape. <laughs> Nesta's such a Miss Piggy. <laughs> yeah. I don't think
3: there is a pharaoh of the
4: muppets who would be the Pharah? No, that's why I'm I'm desperately now I'm like who's everyone? I'm like who's Kermit like is Reese Kermit? I think he's more Cassian. I mean he would have to be if Nesta's Miss Piggy.
3: <laughs> I do think he is more of a Cassian. Yeah, I think so too. He's not in a Reese
4: was he a Professor Honeydew? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, very smart.
3: Um, Gonzo's Reese. Ooh. Chicken, Gonzo's, chicken is favorite. His <laughs> chicken is favorite. <laughs> uh,
4: yes. She's just like trying to paint, but she just keeps going like. <laughs> Oh, we're so silly. Uh, We're being silly today. Um, Just
3: for today, though. (laughs) So, yes, they are having these to put these side things away. But, you know, war puts things into perspective, I think. Yes, you're right. And then Dracon flies off to his armies to go deal with the war that's happening. Pharaoh watches the firebirds slam into ships and rain literal fire down firebird! Causing an uproar and panic amongst highburned soldiers. And then Feyre realizes now is the time. She must go now if she's going to attempt to reach the cauldron. Her and Amrin, that is. She doesn't think her sisters will be able to handle it, and so the two of them must go it alone. As Feyre is about to be taken to the ground by Reese, Nesta stops them. It seems... Watching her father take action has caused a change in her heart oh just a little. Oh, my God. Her heart has th- grown three sizes this mm, day. Maybe like one size. a Half a, a half size. A half, a size. <laughs> a half a size. She tells them to use her, Nesta, as bait. Though Cassine immediately shoots this idea down. Reese asks her what she means. Sort of goes, I'm listening. I don't care about you that much. She explains that she and the cauldron are linked. And if the cauldron senses that she's about to use the power she took from it, the king will know and will come running just to get to her and crush her. Ooh. Cassian shouts that the king will kill her if she attempts this and fires back. You are also coming with me, Cassian.
4: Oh, oh, oh did you have to lead armies? Sorry, you're coming with me. Girl problems, right? Well, oh, I mean, he's trying, He's but you got to show up, you know? You got to be
3: there for when a bitch needs you. Yeah. Reese, however, stops that, which is kind of an ouch, because when she includes Cass in the plan, he's definitely very anti the plan, but was definitely willing for her to go kill herself um, when she basically volunteered her life. But Nesta laughs at him and says that he's not the high lord of her. Whoa. And she'll do what she wants. I said
4: no, Reese snapped. I'd never heard him use that tone with Cassian, with any of them.
3: Cassian passionately explains that it may be their only true chance at diversion, and that he wants to give after all that Reese has sacrificed. Oh, hit him where it hurts. Mm. He reminds Reese that he knows about everything that happened under the mountain, even if he doesn't talk about it. He begs Reese to let him repay the debt. And when Reese says with sorrow that there is no debt, Cassian's own voice broke as he said, I never got to repay your mother for her kindness. Let me do it this way. Let me buy you time. Oh, oh,
4: Oh. I love you, Cassian. I love you. I'm not looking at you, Natalie.
3: It's Tommy over here. Uh, Don't worry. Okay, all right. As long as you're still Tommy so yeah. then I'm fine. <laughs> Both men are overcome with emotion. Reese is panicked at throwing his brother into this very life-threatening scenario, but knows he can't stop Cass. Not because Cass won't listen to him, but because Reese knows on some level that forcing him not to would shame Cassian, that he would never forgive Reese if they all survived somehow. Ugh. Before they can argue further, Cassian asks Nesta if she's prepared, and she confirms she knows enough from Amran to summon the king. <gasps> Nesta, knowing this may be her last few moments on this plane of existence, looks to the ground to watch Elaine for a moment and then looks at Feyre. Tell father. Thank you. You just look over at Elaine and she's just like,
2: "Mew, mew, I'm a
4: baby. You I, I want think a that's... human husband me. That's kinda
3: what she's doing.
4: I think that's just exactly what she's doing. Every time I think about Elaine, I'm just like come on I mean
3: I know that we're gonna learn more about Elaine in the future. And I think that I do think that Mass is trying to make a point that It's okay if people are different and not all of them want to be warriors or want to fight in a battle. But in these moments, it's very annoying because everyone is like kitten. Yeah, everyone is sacrificing every part of themselves, and Elaine just kind of gets to be a baby. Yeah. But you're right. Not everybody. Like, what would I be like in this
4: situation? I'd also be mule and kitten.
3: Then you get uh, a bunch of. I'm not, I can't. I was almost gonna say a spoiler, and I didn't. Oh, thank you. Stop
4: myself. So yeah, let me just be my mule and kitten. But I'd be covered in feathers if I'm going into war. I'm going into war stylish.
3: Oh yeah, the I feathers
4: mean, aren't going to do much to save me if though. you're going to go
3: to battle. Firebird style is kind of the way
4: to go. Yes. I mean, I will die very quickly because I don't have a lot of clothes on cuz let's
3: see. I'm going sexy firebird. Here. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got breastplates. They do cover my breast. Yeah, but like, they don't cover like your heart. No, like all the the, the like sensual parts are kind of Exposed a little still. <laughs> so you're saying that we can't have sexy battle fashions? Well, that's probably why I shouldn't ever go to a war, because I would want it to be, like, sexy. Oh, yeah. I'd want to look really good.
4: All right. For the pics. Can you guys hear me? I think everyone can hear it. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's hard to be a warrior, okay? Yeah, you're right. Leathers, I mean, it takes many, many years to break in those leathers. <laughs>
3: it's true. These are very stiff currently.
4: Stiff leathers.
3: And then Nesta and Cassian are gone. Reese and Pharaoh watch them leave with pain, Reese feeling certain that neither of them will survive this heroic act. And then Reese brings his lips to Pharaoh's one last time as he brings her to the ground to where Elaine and Amron wait. And then he, too, is gone, headed for the core of the battle. Oh, my
4: God. I just had a deja vu. I had a dream last night where Jeff was taken. To where? He was gone. He was taken by bad people. And all I kept thinking about was the last time we kissed.
3: Oh, that's very sad.
4: Yeah, now I want everyone to be sad about my dream. Everyone loves when people talk about their dreams. Yeah. <laughs> this Am is... I used to having a co-host that hates when people talk about their <laughs> dreams? <laughs> it's not
3: Natalie. Natalie will listen to my dreams. Of course. Um, well, that's what's happening between Feyre and Reese right now. Oh! They just had their final kiss before this all happened. Oh! No! Feyre and Amrin began their journey through the battle itself under Feyre's invisibility shield. Reese, if you'll recall, had bargained with the weaver to make a path towards the cauldron because she was able to smell it. What do you think it smells like? Hot dogs? Mm, Maybe Mm. maybe it's the smell that the smeller wants to smell the most.
4: Oh, so it like seduces them the most. And then it goes, no, I'm
3: bad. Yes. Um, and you were right, Jackie. She is beautiful. I the couldn't weaver. remember. I couldn't remember that. But it's just open. W- it's like when her mouth open. It's all it's all, it's gross. all gross and like twisted. Like Tomi Lahren, basically. Yeah, she's sh- beautiful. And then she opens her mouth. And you're like, ah! <laughs> Her pathway leads them to the base of a craggy overlook. So up on the hillside where Highburn has set up their camps, but they don't see the Weaver herself. Amron's work with the Book of Breathings has her easily shattering the wards and shields set around it. They begin to climb up the vertical side of the rock face to get towards it. This, I think, is the hardest part of all these things
4: that are happening.
3: Can you imagine having to just, like, cliff rock climb? That's why you gotta go train on the rock wall all the time just in case of this situation. I have such tiny hands. I can't grip. I mean, Amron has tiny hands. So do you think I can
4: grip? Should I yeah. start climbing? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I'm so scared of climbing. I'm
3: I'm I'm scared of being off the ground. It's fair, but sometimes you just once you do it, you realize it can kind of helps the fear. I used to be yeah. afraid of heights, and then you just rock climbed it out. I didn't rock climb it out, but I just when I started doing stunts and stuff, I had to kind of get through it, be c- comfortable jumping off of really high shit. Oh my god! <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, you would you claim that you're like not made? You're made for these things. I would definitely fight and I don't know if I would be good
4: but I would try really hard I think do. you would try really hard I think that you could I think you could do all the book of breathings I think oh, you could do all these things Natalie thank you.
3: it's because oh I God. just saw Barbie
4: so I want to I want to support you I wanna support you and raise support you
3: and your, your Barbie
4: thank you yeah. I do. It's bitch Barbie, obviously. <laughs> but this time, but today it would be feather bitch Barbie, which feather I mean. bitch
3: Barbie. I would buy that Barbie. If I was
4: eight, I would have loved feather bitch Barbie. Are you <laughs> kidding me?
3: <laughs> there is a Firebird
4: Barbie. Is there really? Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's a ballet. <laughs> oh,
3: oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense than what I was thinking. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it's a Misty Copeland doll, Barbie doll, I think. Wow.
4: Yeah. You know more about Barbies than I thought.
3: That's about, that's about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's my about Barbie ballet. trivia. Okay, I know the more about ballet. ballet. Yes, yeah.
4: that makes more sense. Not just Barbie being a raging murderess. That's fun, though. That's awesome.
3: So they are climbing up. They're climbing up the side of this rock, but they also have to contend with all the commanders who are nearby walking around the hill. So Ugh. there's like a pathway leading up to the cauldron, but they can't take it because they don't want to interact with all of these commanders. And in my head all I see is a scrolling video game where the characters keep walking back and forth and they just turn. <laughs> and then you go
4: like, pew, 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 pew. Is this is just because you've got leathers on, so it makes you feel more uh Stiff?
2: Maybe. So it feels
4: like you're in a video game right now? Yeah. Yeah. I'll manipulate you. Ding, 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 Oh, well, now you're just a puppet. Now you're scary. Now you're scaring me. <laughs> no, no! There's a puppet in the studio! <laughs>
3: <laughs> Who's puppeting me? I don't know! Uh, that's the scariest part. It's the cauldron. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah. But no, as Feyre is passing them... She can hear how these higher up commanders who are not down on the battlefield because they're too high up in the ranks to go up down there are talking about her friends and family and how they're waiting to take them on. Because they're so strong and big. That's why they're not down on the battlefield. And it sounds to me like they're just being kind of cowards. But... Yeah, of course they are. But they're talking a mad shit about all of the people she loves. And they're saying they're going to do really bad things to them. Ooh, I bet she's getting pissed. She's filled with rage, yes. but she contains it, knowing she has to set forward. She's to f- focus eyes on the prize. Use that rage. Yes! To climb.
4: Yeah, man. Rage can get you many places. As someone that has been through anger management twice in my adult life, um, I tell you, actually, rage doesn't get you everywhere and you should just breathe it out. I will say a little healthy dose, dose of spite
3: does help sometimes. Oh, yeah. It helps the medicine go down, doesn't it? As she climbs as well, she can hear the greater battle at her back and she thinks it doesn't sound favorable for her people. She hears something below her and she sees... A beautiful, dark-haired woman standing below the two as they climb, looking up at them.
4: A smile bloomed on her red, her bloody mouth. She smiled in my general direction, revealing blood-coated teeth. Stryka! The weaver had waited, hiding here until we arrived. It's a cool
3: image. Yes! She's sort of behaving as though she's really proud of herself and gestures to the bargain tattoo that she has with Reese. Then she turns and walks towards the path that Feyre and Amran had not taken because of all the commanders who stood along it. And she begins to feed upon them and cause a diversion for Amran and Feyre. They stop watching her as she shreds through the commanders and continue to climb towards the call. Do you think she like
4: unhinges her jaw and like is like ah, 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 or do you think she's just like ripping them apart
3: with her like claws? For whatever reason I see I, I always saw it as her like becoming almost like a, a like a uh, <laughs> like a beast? Like a, um, what's his name? The Tasmanian devil, where she just Ooh, like, uh, and you just see uh, like, uh, going yeah, around. Yeah, that's awesome. Suddenly, Feyre feels Nesta's power hovering all around her. Amon grabs Feyre and shoves her into the rock as far as they can down, hiding as they as they can go on this cliff face because Nesta is about to unleash all of the cauldron power she has and the king of Hybern clearly also feels it because he passes by them so closely and as he wants to find this power. As the king passes, he sees Sraiga and they observe each other. How
4: beautiful you are, he murmured, his voice a seductive croon.
3: How magnificent, ancient one. She brushed her dark hair over a slim shoulder. You may bow, king. <laughs> as it was once done. Yeah! Which I thought was a very fun reference. Like, lest you forget, this is an ancient god woman. Probably mad with the eons of time that she's lived. Man, that's such a cool sentence, Natalie.
4: Probably mad with the eons of time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that these fairies once lived in servitude to her kind. It's also an interesting dichotomy, the interaction with Pharaoh she had and the interaction with the king. Like she's drawn to his power and will deign to engage with it. Maybe feels his soul to be as rotten as her own. She so entranced with her own sense of importance that this powerful king must want to relish in hers, but no matter. The King of Hibern walked right
4: up to her, smiled down at Striga's exquisite face. Then he took that face in his broad hands, faster than she could move, and
3: snapped her neck. Whew, and that's all. An ancient god left a husk. <sighs> It just happened so fast. No. It's so insane. Where it's like this is an ancient god. What do you mean? That just like her neck just gets snapped? Yeah, I think maybe the implication being that everybody is foul there's ways to take anyone down and that the king was just so arrogant and so confident in himself that he just just destroyed her easily. And shouldn't we all take that into account? Shouldn't we think about
4: our confidences? Even you could kill a Stryga if you believe in yourself! Mmm... Is that what we take from it? <laughs> Be more like the king of Ibern? like the king of Ibern. No, I'm just saying that, like, you know, if there's one thing we can learn from evil people, it's that confidence in yourself can get you very far. It is true. <laughs> we see it a lot. We don't want to take lots of things from evil people, but just,
3: just little pecks. Confidence does get you a lot of places. It really does. <laughs> Before any sort of magic can revive her, the king throws her to a couple of nearby Naga hounds who proceed to rip her to shreds. Just another body on the pile. And the king moves on, ready to find Nesta. And if he just did that to a god, it's not looking hopeful for Nesta. No, it's really not. Thayra is frozen in despair, but Amren urges her on. If they are all going to sacrifice themselves... You make it count. Yeah! So the two of them run up the remainder of the space between them in the cauldron. As they reach it, Feyre feels the hate seeping out of it. She despises being near it, but knows she must. Amron tells her to put her hand on the cauldron, and though she is terrified and knows this may kill her, she obeys. It immediately starts taking from her. And she has to fight to remember her name. Whoa. She seeks out for what the Ouroboros showed her because it is a tether to her inner core. Sick. But then the her last lucid moments she watches Amran close the book. She drops it and kicks it behind her. Amran had lied. She did not
4: plan to leash the king or his army with the cauldron and the book. And whatever trap she had set? I had fallen right into it.
3: Oh, <gasps> uh, I had scrumped when I read that the oh first time. Oh, my God. Freaked my freak, dude. Are you kidding me? They are b- about to do this ritual they thought they were both agreeing to do, and then Amorin just doesn't do it. Yeah. While Feyre is completely trapped yeah. onto the cauldron. Yeah. And there's nothing she can do about it. Not Amran. <sighs> Oh, my God. No. And then in that moment, you start to think back and try to assess, was she evil this whole, this time? whole time? Was she a spy for the king the somehow? The whole time? The whole time, the Daniel! Whole time. The whole time? She was <laughs> dressed as a nanny. She was
4: dressed trying to get closer to her children.
3: <laughs> and I was spiraling in this moment. I was like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 not Amarin. At the start of chapter 74, Amarin says... I'm sorry I lied to you. Oh, thanks so much. really does a lot. Well, as long as you're sorry. Panic is setting in Feyre, and she scrabbles and flails for any way to release herself from this hold, like a swimmer caught in a wave, unable to find the surface. But instead, the cauldron touches her innermost self, and then she is connected to it, and she is soaring through space over the battlefield. Now, when you read this part, did you see that this is a sort of specter of the cauldron or do you see it actually physically flying through the air? Um
4: straight up what I I don't mean to bring muppets back up again, but what I thought about was that she was like a ghost version of herself, but like the ghost of Christmas past. Okay. From the Muppet Christmas Carol.
3: So like transparent.
4: Yes, transparent yeah. with very tiny baby doll hands.
3: <laughs> I don't know why her hands are smaller, but maybe it helps her fly. I saw it as sort of a transparent cauldron that you can't see. Farah, I I only see the cauldron like sipping around that nobody else can see it, but you okay. can't see Farah either. It's because it's just her mind tracking. Yeah, that's what I see. Just so everybody knows
4: <laughs> what my my little <laughs> imagination is doing. <laughs> We care about your imagination, Natalie. Thank you. I care about all of yours, too.
3: Aw, cute. Regardless, Feyre is now a part of this cauldron and can feel it seeking out the thief, Nesta. As it searches, Feyre is subjected to viewing the battlefield, and she can see her people are losing severely. But she spots Az, and he is at least alive, now grounded and fighting multiple Hibernians by sword. And then she spots Rizan, savage and relentless. And then
4: I saw him assess the field ahead and transform. The talons came first, replacing fingers and feet, then dark scales or perhaps feathers. I couldn't get a look at them, covered his legs, his arms, his chest. His body contorted, Bones and muscles growing and shifting. The beast form Reese had kept
3: hidden, never liked to unleash. The beast that he would have become onto Amarantha had she not owned him, body and soul. Does this make you want to bang Reese more or bang Reese less? I'm not a normally a monster fucker, but. It's sexy.
4: I, yeah. Ooh, so wait. a like wait. 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 So you might be seeing like a like a glimpse into me and my mind of monster fuckerdom that you are seeing and enjoying. So maybe even you could even say you're a teach bit of a monster fucker. Okay. I'm
3: like I'm uh fucker a monster fucker uh curious okay, curiosity. Okay. All right. Yeah. Having okay. Having yeah. I don't know what that meant.
4: Monster curious, I monster curious.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> and you know what? I welcome the curiosity because that's how you know. That I feel welcome. I, thank I'm, you. I'm so happy. I was for worried you, you were going to say I was stealing from you. Never. No, oh. I want people to understand because it, again, it just gives me more validation. So thank you for the validation. I mean, thank
3: Reese really oh, because right. this—he mm-hmm. sounds really hot as his beast form. Yeah, it's just hard to imagine him not being hot. I know, because he's gonna be hot
4: in any form. Even if he like turned into night itself, like it's still gonna be really sexy. Be like,
3: man, I wanna fuck these stars. Man, this dark is the hottest. I want oh. I want this dark to kiss me up yeah. everywhere. I
4: want this glob, like this amorphous glob to just like suck me up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> sure. See? Mox are okay. curious. I'm I'm very proud of you. Sorry. Uh, I'm trying not to Oh your leathers, oh, are your leathers bothering you?
3: <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta shove that leathers back, shove your breasts back in the leathers Feyre watches him become this creature and notes that it's neither human nor fae. it crawls from somewhere else and I really want to I haven't seen art of him in this beast form I would like to go find that Yeah. and then she sees Helion watching Rizan change and then begin running toward him if Riz was a flying
4: terror crafted from shadows and cold moonlight Helion was his
3: daytime equivalent. Made of gold feathers and claws. Sick! Together they begin to take on the highest-ranking Hybern soldiers. Ah! Then the cauldron is moving towards the sound of Nesta's voice, and Feyre is shocked to feel that Nesta's well of power runs so much deeper than any of them could have guessed. As she can hear Nesta and Cassian hear Nesta tell him that the king is approaching, she realizes that Nesta very well may hold enough strength in her to kill the king. Whoa. And that's clearly what she's intending to do. And then the king is in front of them. Pharaoh holds her breath, waiting for the cataclysm. Nesta's power rallied, then
4: vanished. Cassian did not move, did not dare. For the king of Hibern held my father before him, a sword to his throat. No, bum bum bum. King's got daddy.
3: King, king's got daddy. What are we gonna do? Because you could say what you will about the king, but the king's mom didn't raise no fool. Mm-mm, get that daddy. He knew that there was power within Nesta. It's why he's been seeking her out. And knew that there were would be few people who would stop her from using it.
4: Why doesn't he, like, in my head, I'm like, try to seduce her. Why do you have to destroy her? What if you seduce her and then you have her power? He does sort of at this scene. Yeah. A I just feel like, give your bet. he doesn't have the riz. I think the king needs more riz. I think he's all out. And I don't know how to get more riz. Go to a store. That's why you become mean. Yeah, because you ain't got the riz. Mm-hmm. That's what the problem is. I'm youthful. You are. Thank you. I did have to look up that word the first time I heard it. You know,
3: I think by a the lot of way, people... it's like
4: short for charisma in case you didn't know. Um, I had to look it up too. <laughs> um, I think more people than they would admit look up slang words, so I don't worry I, about I, it.
0: you have to
4: stay relevant. How else are we supposed to stay relevant? I gotta look up these things sometimes. I think you're, you're showing your hands too much. Don't! Don't! Put me away! I know I don't exist anymore as a middle-aged woman, but don't! Put me away!
3: You're hardly middle-aged. <laughs> I am! Uh, My mom referred to me as middle-aged. That is a very boomer version of tele- <laughs> talking to a woman. I'm sorry. I, I love your mother. But... That was an era when they were, I mean, even when I was growing up in the 2000s, I remember being 23 and and dudes who were much older than me going, oh, but a clock's ticking. Oh, my God. Clock's ticking that young. Yeah. I remember I have a very specific memory of my best friend at the time on my 23rd birthday when I was dating a man 13 years my senior who was absolute garbage. Perfect for you. Oh, Um. (laughs) yeah. Made a a joke, quote unquote, saying that he's going to have to trade me, trade me in for a newer model soon. Uh, did you still consider this person a friend after she said something like this? Well, we're not actually friends anymore, but yeah. it was a while after that. Um, but that was sort of like what we were being hand fed. Uh, and then you look back and go, oh, it's because. Really big loser older guys made us want to feel that way so that we wouldn't leave them. Yes. Ah, got oh, it. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, it's just baked right in. Mm-hmm. Just to keep you around, keep you shamed. Yeah. Then get rid of you. Yep. Oh, thank you oh, no. so much. Oh, no, no, no. See, that's another fallacy. It's a lot of times them not getting rid of you, it's more of them. Desperate to keep you at all costs, even stalking you across states. Um, Don't believe that shit if you're a younger woman. A lot of times when guys are saying shit like that to you, it's because they are deeply insecure and they are so scared to be alone. So just remember that. Yes. Thank you. Um, Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Tommy was so, you're very
4: wise today. Mm-hmm. That is not something I think Tommy was
3: so would say. <laughs> I'm pretty <Good> dog. Sure. <laughs> I don't remember any other things he says. No, I, I think the watching
4: the room over and over again. I think specifically for our age group, like I've never watched it sober. I've never watched it coherently. I've never like sat in the middle of the day and watched the room. No. It was always just like on when you're drinking a bunch of tall boys. It just been like,
3: yeah, I love this movie. It did its job, you know. Technically, he did a job of a of a movie maker. He made and we it. We all very watched that movie. Yep. So. The king has kidnapped her father, and Nesta and her father lay eyes on one another for the first time in a long time. In this first gaze upon her, he marvels at her fay form. She was human last time they interacted. Nesta, he says. Both Nesta and Papa seem beyond words, but the king is loving this interaction, prattling on about how one of his daughters married, quote, very well while he was away, etc. My father only gazed at my sister, ignored the
4: monster behind him, and said to her,
3: I loved you from the first moment I held you in my arms. And I, I am so sorry, Nesta. My Nesta, I am so sorry for all of it.
4: And now again, maybe it's because I've got my own father issues, but when I did first read this, it was like, too little, too late. Even though he showed up with three boats, even though he showed up and, like, saved them and helped them,
3: I'm still just like, Mm-mm, not enough, daddy. Which is a fair reaction. I would also add the caveat that she punished him for years for it, and mm. so, like, maybe she could take this as an apology because she was so cruel to him as well. Yeah. It wasn't like she, like kind of did what Feyre did because she you know Feyre is not having the same anger towards him but like she took care of him regardless of the fact that he was negligent with them but Nesta was mean to him and so maybe she could accept the apology because he is now I don't know I don't know how I'm feeling about it really but I see what you're saying also Nesta for her part can only muster please to the king too overtaken with emotion The king asks her if she's willing to give back what she stole from the cauldron, and Papa is trying to shake his head no at her. Don't do it. Don't save me. Don't give it back to him. Nesta says yes, so quickly. She's often cold and unreadable, but to Feyre's regard... She loves too fiercely to be able to let it all out.
4: And this goes to show so much of Nesta's character, isn't it? Like, this says so much about her and makes me, like, think more of her. Because at this point in the book, I'm just like, man, Nesta's just such a bitch all the time. Like, I don't know if I'm ever going to like this character. And this is, like, this first moment of, like, aha, you've got a heart in there, I see.
3: Almost like she's... So similar to her father it makes him angry. Whoa! Oh, therapy eyes. Therapy
4: <laughs> eyes.
3: That just makes you look more kind of like a bird because you're wearing bird costume.
4: Oh yeah, I was gonna put on a beak, but then I realized it was gonna be difficult to, to do talk the yeah. podcast
3: with a yeah. beak
4: on. It would have been cute. I would. I look pretty sexy as a monster fucker. I will say I look pretty sexy as a bird.
3: I bet. I mean, with the beak on, you already do look sexy. Thank you. It's like Zoobily Zoo. It
4: is. Like Zoobily Zoo. Um, oh, God. Is that where my monster fuckerdom came from? It's quite possible. <laughs> <laughs> that lion, man. I tell you.
3: i get it. It's nimble. <laughs> so... It is like her father, you know, she's been an island in these books. We don't really know much about her except that she's kind of cruel. Um, but Feyre has said that she loves so fiercely and, and it's in these moments that you will see it come out that even though her she, through her contempt for her father, she was willing to die to save him that day. Father Archeron starts to rage, telling the king to keep his hands off his daughter. I heard the crack before I realized what happened. The king has snapped another neck. Man, he's just a
4: neck snapper. I have just never seen this much neck snapping, back to
3: back neck snapping. It is if you are a, an evil fuck a power move because you barely do. You yeah, just a little bit movement. Yeah. Their father drops to the muddy ground. Feyre can only watch and watch and silently scream. Nesta's power snuffs out entirely. What the king wished to accomplish. Cassian quickly throws up a shield as he feels Nesta's power stifle. His rage explodes and he launches forward, throwing himself into battle mode as the king laughs. Cassian knows he can't win against the king's harnessed power, only hoping to give Nesta time to run. Cassian pushes the king towards a line of trees nearby as Pharaoh watches her sister kneel down over their father, close his eyes and kiss his forehead. The most warmness we've ever seen Nesta give anyone. Damn. And then her eyes shoot forward and Feyre feels the cauldron squirm under her rage. Cassian screams and Nesta's focused power rocks the ground beneath her. Feyre's eyes find Cassian where he is shredded, unable to get up from the place that he is now on the forest floor, where bleeding. No. Shattered bones jutting from his skin. No. She stares at what the king has done. To the Illyrian warrior we know and love. And when her eyes lifted to the king again, I am going to kill you, she said quietly. The king is not quaking in his boots. Not outwardly, at least. I think deep down he's a little worried. Yeah, dude. Regardless, he stamps down on Cassian's wing. Not his his wing! And breaks it in 20 places. Nesta exploded. The king dodges her blow, but the rage raises a part of the forest so vast that it reaches the other side and kills hundreds of soldiers in an instant. Yeah! The king does his fay version of the... Bravo! I just
4: hate, man... No, has ever has anyone ever legitimately slow clapped, like, sarcastically at you? Because I think that I would flip a gasket if anyone ever slow clapped at me like that.
3: Yeah, I mean, it would be a very shitty thing to do to somebody. Ooh, if somebody ooh. has done that to me, I must have, black, black like, blonked it, yeah, it. it. Yeah, you angered it. Yeah,
4: you blonked it out. Yeah, man, you were anger blonked it out. I've been there. <laughs> yeah. just, like, where
3: you just flip out so hard. Yeah, no, I, I don't think that's happened to me. That would be very Ooh,
4: shitty. Even just reading it, I'm just like, oh, you best You Ooh, son of a bitch. Let me at him. I know you killed Daddy and, like, oh, I you killed and everything, but
3: uh, stomped on his wings. Mm. The king notes with humor in his voice that this is like a repeat of the day at the castle with Cassian crawling towards Nesta. Only this time Nesta isn't shrieking in fear. She stoops down to where Cassian is crawling to her and picks up his sword. The king, who has been sort of flirting with her this whole time, Mm -hmm. laughs and is like, oh, okay, I'll play swords with you, little girl. Nesta obviously doesn't know how to sword fight, and it becomes clear to Feyre that Nesta is trying to lure the king away from Cassian. But the king isn't in the mood to play, he decides— And he rips the sword out of her hand, slapping her hard enough to knock her to the ground as he taunts her coming closer.
4: Nesta turned over and threw out a hand. White burning power shot out of her palm and slammed into his chest. A ploy to get him close to lower his guard.
3: So that was a little bit of a trickery on her end. She wanted to become the, the sort of like scared damsel so he would come near her. And this time she hits her mark. The king is shot backwards through tree after tree, ripping them from the ground in the process. Yeah! Thayer can feel the cauldron sighing with relief that she's extinguished her stores of power that she stole from it.
4: Does that mean that the cauldron is just like throbbing with power all the time? I think so. Are we supposed to
3: be sexually attracted to the cauldron? I mean, I think it might be an unhealthy attraction if you are. But mm. I, mean, I understand liking a toxic person.
4: Right? Sensual. Like, that has that much power that just, like, that is throbbing with power that it, like, uh, after it gets rid of its power. The way Amber uh, thinks that Putin is sexy. <laughs> well, you know, it's I had a thing for Stalin she back in the day. She doesn't support Don't get anything me wrong. he
3: does. <laughs> but she does think that he's
4: handsome. <laughs> Have you seen young pictures of Stalin? I will not. Yeah, this is the problem. I refuse. Sometimes, you know, he's one of the worst dictators of all time. And uh, But yeah, wore that mustache with such, again, confidence. Beautician confidence. and the Beast. Oh, be, don't even get me started on Beautician and the Beast. I love Beautician and the Beast. We watched it for Pop History, remember? We certainly did, and it is much longer than you
3: remember. Still loved every moment. <laughs> <laughs> Man, love that movie. Um... In the moment she has, after knocking back the king, she flings herself on top of Cassian, Nesta screaming at him to get up, get up, that she can't lift him. He can't get up, though. His wounds are too critical. He tells her to get out of there, to leave him. I can't,
4: she breathed, voice breaking.
3: I can't.
4: Cassian grunted in pain, but lifted his bloodied hands to cup her face. I have no regrets in my life but this. His
3: voice shook with every word. That we did not have time. That I did not have time with you, Nesta.
4: (gasps) I can't! We can't! No! We have to help (laughs) him! I'm in love with
3: you, Cassian! I'm in love with you! I don't care who knows it! Not this one. Not this one.
4: Oh, yeah. No, no. Not that's Tommy Wiseau. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Don't look at me when you've got your leathers on, Natalie. <laughs> he lifts his head with the last of his power and kisses her mouth. Their first kiss. <sighs> Nesta dying kiss. Yeah. How do you process
4: first kiss dying kiss? I think that that would fuck me up so hard
3: for the rest of my life. I'm going to say a bunch of stuff is already fucking Nesta up pretty bad. Yeah, dude. Yeah, this whole day. Just throw it on the pile. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Nesta cries as he tells her that he will find her in the next life and they will have that time. And then the king has returned. Calm happy to have this moment to watch the pain unfold that he's about to unleash. And Nesta, knowing she has no more power, lays over top of Cassian, shielding him in their final moments, deciding to die together. Cassian tenses but then puts his arm around her, accepting his fate, their fate. Feyre can only watch in terror. She begins to beg the cauldron, She offers it the only thing she can, her soul. She will give her soul if it saves the two of them. She is ignored. The king's power starts to generate in his hand, Pharaoh watching helpless as he begins the death blow. And then he stops, and he starts to choke, and Pharaoh thinks the cauldron has accepted her offer. But as a black blade broke through the king's throat, spraying blood,
4: I realized... Someone else had. Elaine stepped out of a shadow behind him and rammed Truth Teller to the hilt through the back of the king's neck as she snarled in his
3: ear. Don't you touch my sister. Whoa,
4: the worm comes through. Elaine did it. Oh my God, she did a thing. She's not just it anymore. She did
3: it. And just as the ancient weaver was taken down with a simple swipe, so was the king. Damn! He's gagging, trying to reach the knife now lodged in his neck when Nesta stands up from where she and Cassian had lay.
4: Nesta wrapped her hand around Truth Teller's obsidian hilt. And slowly, as if savoring every bit of effort it took, Nesta began to twist the blade. Not a rotation of the blade itself, but a rotation into his neck.
3: Slowly, painstakingly, Nesta saws through the king's neck. And in Nesta's eyes, it
4: was the same look, the same gleam that she'd had that day in Highburn when she pointed her finger at him in a death promise. She smiled a little, as if she remembered, too.
3: Oh, yeah!
4: (laughs) Yeah! Yeah! yeah Twist the blade
3: Fuck you <laughs> And then the king's head drops from his shoulders and rolls to the forest floor, his blood spraying covering Nesta. It makes me think of uh in Adam's family
4: too yeah, when, when they they're... when they do all of the the, the crazy <laughs> blood spraying as they make their own play. I think,
3: ah! I think maybe they're doing Macbeth or something. I yeah, I
4: think so. <laughs> At the children's down show.
3: Mm. Uh, uh, uh. The whole audience covered in blood. (laughs) She pays no attention as she leans down and picks the king's head up, stares into his unblinking eyes. She stares and stares until Elaine finally calls her name gently. Nesta returns to the present and the cauldron whimpers at Elaine. Elaine, who it had given so many gifts to. Pharaoh watches Elaine spot their father on the ground and screams... And then the cauldron is retreating, pulling Pharaoh away from the scene. As she sucked back to where the cauldron sits, she sees the battle rage on, now seeing that all of the High Lords hold beasts under their skin and have let them take over. Yeah to rip and shred through hyburn's armies. That's
4: awesome. Ah! Oh,
3: what kind of what kind of beast are you
4: turning into, Nat? What beast lives inside of you? An octopus. Ooh, that's a good one. It would be difficult on land. But I think that it would be difficult in battle. But think of how many nice. violence sticks <laughs> it can hold. I think if it's a battle
3: octopus, that it has, like... Oh, battle puss and battle bird! Battle puss. I think that it has the ability to, like, almost jetpack, like, skyrocket itself around. So it goes, Ooh. like... <sighs> And all the legs go down. And then when it gets nearer stuff, it goes like.
4: Yeah, that's awesome. I love that idea for you. Thanks. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Battle puss on the scene. Battle puss.
0: welding instructor alex DeClaire knows vr training platforms like forge fx help students master their skills there's a big learning curve with welding virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact
1: everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day
3: No one knows yet that the king has been beheaded, and so the battle rages on with no high commander, and Pharaoh's people are still dying. She feels anguish run through her as she flails and tries to do anything she can to escape this floating prison, and then she is on the ground, and Amran is slapping her over and over trying to get her to regain consciousness. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't know if we trust. We don't know. Now— we aren't sure yet what Amran is up to, and neither does Feyre, which is why she tells Amorin that she's going to kill her. Damn. Amorin says that, yes, she is going to die and that she needs Feyre's help to do it. Uh? Thank you, because I was just going to say Tim Allen sound. <laughs> why do you refuse to grunt in the Tim uh? Allen Yeah, yeah there it, it is. Well. Uh? She tells Feyre not to let go of the cauldron yet. As she's still connected, Feyre doesn't understand what is happening. Amron says that she needs Feyre to be a conduit. A conduit what? Mm-hmm. Amron continues. The Surreal, it gave you a message. For me, only me. She then explains that the pages the Surreal gave her to read weren't actually a spell to get a hold of the cauldron. It was an unbinding spell. For Amrin. Whoa, 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 Uh oh. She says that when Feyre helps her out of this Fey body, that she will be able to wipe out the entire army because like I kind of did forget that Amarin is also
4: like an insane creature trapped inside of a fae body yep and then I was like oh shit I forgot she's got all that power crazy power too mm-hmm. but again this is another one of these things communication nobody communicates we gotta talk better And maybe talk about what we're doing so that it's not like, well, now I got to kill you. Because what if she all of a sudden just like put a knife in her throat? Yeah. We do got to talk better. Talk better, everybody. Talk better.
3: Suddenly, a voice from behind. Don't! And then Varian's there. Of course, he doesn't want us to do anything to Amarin. He loves her. He loves her. You can't handle it. But Amarin's got to Amarin. She ignores him. Fayra's shook. If Amryn does this, that's it. There's no going back. Amryn will be no more. And then reminds Amryn of what she's revealed before that if she goes to this other form, she'll have no memory of this court, that they all will be at risk because she might just go out and just start
4: killing regardless of if she knows them or not, right? That's like the worry.
3: Yes, that that she won't have she will just attack basically. Yeah. Very kind of
4: hot too.
3: <laughs> Unleash, Amaran.
4: Yes.
3: As Varian continues to protest, Amarin begins to speak about her before life—that where she was held humans too, and she was in an, an observer. This makes me remember that I wanted to mention so many of you had messaged and pointed out that Amron's backstory that we know so far is most likely a reference to the Hebrew Bible. Oh, really? And that she's supposed to be an angel. Sick! The laid waste to Twin Cities line and a few other lines are now clear to me that because of your your guys' messages that it's almost certainly references to Sodom and Gomorrah. Mass also, apparently, according to the internet... That is to say, I've never seen her directly say it, but allegedly she minored in religious studies in school. Oh, sick. So, she and she's Jewish, so she, maybe she... she peppers, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. And I don't know anything
4: about the Bible, so that sounds... I go, wow! Whoa! And I read some, like, sometimes I'll like get, like, a badass quote, what is it, from the Book of Revelations? Um, uh, the scary one, there's one of the... Look me. Isn't there a
3: scary part of the Bible that everybody gets scared of? I mean, the Old Testament is more violent, I think. Oh, okay. It's more like wrath of god Oh, that's... Uh, sure.
4: do <laughs> Two people that know nothing
3: about the Bible. <laughs> the only parts of the Bible I know are the really fucked up parts because it's funny to me. Um <laughs> But, uh... That when people were sending the messages about that reference, that sounded very familiar. And then I was looking it up and it's like, yes, that does sound like the story that Amarin was talking about sick in her past. So Amarin goes on to say that as she watched the humans of her land have emotions and desires She felt such curiosity. Oh, a lot of curiosity in this episode. Mm -hmm. And when the hole ripped open and she went through, she first thought her father had sent her to Prithian as punishment for feeling curiosity. But now she thinks maybe he sent her here for her to be able to want and to hope that he saw she was different and he opened a door for her, that it was in fact a gift for her. Her eyes gleamed, for it has been a gift this time with you, with all of you, it has been a gift. Varian drops no! to his knees. Oh, poor Varian. So sad. Varian drops to his knees, begging her one last time to please stay. Before she turns to Varian, she tells Feyre to tell the High Lord to leave a cup out for her. And then she looked to Varian, a wry smile on her red mouth. I watched the most... The humans who loved, I never understood it, how it happened, why it happened. She paused to step away from the cauldron. I think I might have learned it with you, though. Perhaps that was a last gift, too. Oh, no. She learned
4: love. Oh, my God. She learned love.
3: She learned about love. I'm not going to start to cry. It's hard. I cried. Uh, Well, this scene. Okay, we're getting to the scene that makes me cry every time. Varian is beside himself, but he doesn't say anything else. Amran speaks into Feyre's mind, giving her the instructions on what she must do as Amran enters the cauldron. She tells Feyre she mustn't run after she turns because it will draw her attention. And that means that she will attack Feyre. Yeah. And then expresses her gratitude for knowing Feyre. Again, Feyre is overtaken by the cauldron as she holds on to both it and Amran, as Amran slowly lowers all the way into it until the hand Feyre was holding dissipates into nothing. Power roils through Feyre as she completes the incantation and then she is blown back from the cauldron and Varian catches her. Poor Varian. They wait for a moment before the earth begins to shake. Yeah. And then the ground explodes. Yeah. As the cauldron snaps into three pieces and a massive beast of wings and fire spits forth, screaming a battle cry. <gasps> See, I feel like you could be Amarin's Oh, self. I could be
4: Battle Bird. Oh,
3: my God. You're right. I just never
4: could imagine I could ever be the, as much of a beast as Amran is. Well, I you think know, you can do it. You think so? Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for your belief in me.
3: I think you could kill all of these people. <laughs> Yeah, while I'm crying, being like, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) So also in relation to Amron's backstory, just a tertiary glance that I did show that there are a number of different connections to angels and fire in both the Hebrew and Christian Bibles. So it would make sense as well that she turned into this creature. Seraph itself, its origin is in Hebrew and it comes from the word for burning. Whoa, so that's like seraphim? Mm-hmm. So is that like burning wings? I think it can be just like, you know, translated in that way or, or like described in that way. Cool. Man, you know what? Sometimes
4: <laughs> words are cool. Words are cool, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, maybe that's a hashtag nerd
3: girl thing to say, but words are pretty cool. I'm glad our ancestors figured it out. Thank you, ancestors. The beast inside of Amarin turns for a moment as it fully emerges, and it seems to look. At Feyre and Varian, as if to say, I remember you. They're just like, please, please remember like, me. Please woo! remember me. I'm your friend, please. And then the beast begins to descend down the side of the hill, which is probably good because it sounds like there was a good chance Beast Amran was just going to wipe both sides out. <laughs> yeah, dude. But now she does remember. Her massive form shadows whole ranks of Hyburn's army as it attacks. And the soldiers begin to run. She consumes them en masse. They disappear under her like fleas. I heard Rhees
4: bellowing. And the sound was the same as hers. Victory and rage and pain. And warning. A warning not to run from
3: her. She ends the hibern army in a matter of moments. But every time she receded further from where Pharaoh stands watching, a piece of her flame gutters out. It becomes clear that this is her swan song. <gasps> she wasn't planning on returning to her other land. This level of destruction is taking her life force. <gasps> Still, she carries forth. And as the beast amron takes to the sea, she shatters ship under ship under her, breaking them like matchsticks yes! until there's only one Hibernian ship left. And as the fire beast takes it out... The last of its flames is extinguish, and Amrin is no more.
4: Put your feathers up! Put your feathers up for Amrin! Feathers up for Amrin! Pour one out! Into my mouth! Yeah, pour don't one, pour out it on the ground. Hey, I'm not pouring it on it the ground. Really There's too many electronics flame, yeah. in here, but I'll pour one into my mouth for Amarin.
3: Poor Varian! Damn, I know! Oh. Poor Varian! Chapter 76 opens with Varian weeping oh. as he looks at the spot. Be- where beast Amrin fully dissipated. Because also, how do
4: you go from Amrin to anybody else? You can't. can't. Like you
3: can never. There is no isn't. one will
4: ever top Amrin.
3: I don't know if Amrin as another species could mate, but it sounds like they have whatever is mating close closest they, they, to they, it. They, They're certainly trying. They're they're definitely mating some. <laughs> um, and Feyre somberly stands next to him as he watches the sea. But down below them, where the Hibern army has just been wiped off the planet, roars of victory begin to ripple across the plain. They only know that their enemies were vaporized. But beyond just losing her friend, Feyre has encountered another problem. The cauldron has been shattered into three pieces by unbinding Amren. What that means, she doesn't know. She wants to get to her father and bury him, but suddenly she's held with a sense of dread emanating from the ruined vessel. Something quiet and ominous. It was lack and substance,
4: absence and presence, and it was
3: leaking into the world. She feels a nothing. Seeping into Prithian. No, yes. Reminds me no of never ending Story. story.
4: Yeah, that's what I thought of. The nothing. Man, Bastion, I, was, please, I. Bastion, please! Bastion! I used to really think that the nothing existed somewhere in the world because of NeverEnding Story, because of having older siblings and watching NeverEnding Story so much that, like, I really thought that it's some like that a punishment could be I'm sent to the nothing. Oh, that's sad. It's very – like, the idea of the nothing is very scary for children. Well, yeah, I
3: think it's a lot of kids' first introduction – or if if they watch NeverEnding Story as a kid, it's their first introduction to, like, existential dread. Yeah, and,
4: like, I'm crying. I think that that might have been the first movie that I
3: cried to. It's, so, it's still such a good movie. If you haven't seen it in a long time or ever, you should definitely watch that movie. It's still so entertaining. Yes. Um, so this is not good over here in Prithian. And on the edge of a complete and final exhaustion, after pulling her being into the power of the cauldron, she cannot yet rest. Because they need to deal with whatever's just happened. Yeah, a lot just happened. But a small joy, Reese is suddenly next to her, alive and still morphing out of the hell beast he has become. She's too weary to explain everything she's just seen, so she shows him down the bond. They have a moment to embrace before Varian tells them they need to deal with this issue immediately. This cauldron is bound to their world, to leave it broken... Would end all life. No. Farah is flooded with guilt because it was her who undid Amran, her who spoke the invocation. But it's like, girl, it's not your fault. There was like a lot going on. You just didn't know. You didn't you didn't know. You didn't even know about this whole
4: plan up until it was happening. And you're like yeah. trapped on the cauldron, so you you really didn't have much to do. We can get you know? off the cross a little bit, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. oh, oh, oh.
3: She, <laughs> she grabs the book of breathings that Amorin had kicked behind her in what feels like such a long time ago, looking for anything inside of it now that would make sense to her inside of this book. But as Amran had said, it, it was in a language no one had spoken for thousands of years. Man, really need Amorin. You really do. <laughs> and frustration Feyre throws it into the dark void spreading out of the cauldron, and I don't know if I'd i be a little hesitant to just throw stuff in there. Oh, yeah. I've seen guys enough times to know you can't just be poking around in a portal. No, it's going to come back gonna out, come out and, it's and gonna scream sh- in yeah, your face. you're going to be
4: covered in goop and mm. then... Then Gwyneth Paltrow will be there and things will get really Ugh. sticky. I don't want Gwyneth Paltrow there. No, and she goes, I don't, I put things in my vagina too. And then that shoots out of her covered in goop as mm. well. Everything's slimy. Don't put it in her portal either. Don't all do I'm it. I'm saying.
3: Nope. Feyre turns to Reese and admits she doesn't know what to do. But Reese has an idea. She has a talent as a conduit. She should try to remake it with her power. Reese is speaking playfully to her in a way that makes me nervous, as though he's trying to calm her about doing an impossible feat. He tells her that he will help her, even though both of them are so battle-weary. He says, humor me. I blinked, that edge of panic dulling a bit.
4: Yes, yes, with him, with my mate.
3: She's scared to try this, to try to use her... His power to go through her body to try to fix the cauldron. But, yeah, I'd be scared too. But she feels his confidence and it it assures her. Feyre thinks back on the spell she just learned from Amran and believes that she can adjust it to try to reverse the shattering. I hate this scene. No, I don't even want to talk about I it. I hated
4: reading it again. I didn't want to read it again. It makes me so upset, no. man. Oh, we have. It's literally our jobs to talk about it, oh, so we yeah. have to talk All about right. it. All but, right. but I just want everyone to know I cried again, even though I
3: know I knew it was coming. <sighs> okay, so. As she observes the emptiness of what's coming from the b- broken cauldron, Faber remembers when she first looked upon the mural in the spring court, the story of their world, what we opened this podcast with. It started with the cauldron. And when it was held by female hands, all
4: life flowed from it.
3: She places her hands on a jagged piece of the cauldron just as Reese steps behind her, acting as a tether. I reached mine out, Reese's power rippling through me, united,
4: joined as one, ask and answer. I cupped my hands as if the cracked thirds of the cauldron could fit into them, the entire universe into the palm of my hand.
3: She begins to repeat the spell that Amron had taught her, and Reese's extraordinary strength flows through her and into the pieces. Almost immediately, movement happens— Light appears at the cracks. She feels the power seeping out of her mate into those cracks, forcing the pieces to begin moving towards one another. Slowly they slide, but it requires more and more energy. Feyre can feel the strain of him. He gave it to me. Rhys handed
4: over everything. I was a bearer, a vessel, a link. I love you, he whispered into my mind. I only leaned
3: back into him, savoring his warmth, even in this non-place. Slowly, slowly, where the pieces had come back together, light healed the cracks, erasing the seams. She can feel him shaking behind her, and she puts all of her own power into what he's giving, all of her kernels of magic. And then, they've done it. (sighs) The cauldron has been remade and has again sealed the beginning and end inside of it. You're gonna make me read this? Mm-hmm. You bitch! Mm.
4: <laughs> I turned. It took me a moment to grasp it, what I saw. Rees was sprawled on the rocky ground, wings draped behind him. He looked like he was sleeping. But as I breathed in, it wasn't there. That thing that rose and fell with each breath, that echoed each heartbeat. The mating bond. It wasn't there. It was gone. Because his own chest... It was not moving. And Reese was dead. And Reese was dead. And I'm crying. <laughs> Why did you make me read it? Aww. Natalie's mean. You're the king of high burn. You're mean. You're mean to me.
3: You did a very good job. Thank you. Uh, now I'm crying. Yeah, Firebirds no. never cry. When I tell you I was beside myself at the next chapter's beginning. I can't, I, uh, I'm sorry to do this, but we have to end it here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I'm sorry, everyone. This is where it, it, it ended. Natalie's the king of hybrid
4: now and we all have to, we're going to snap necks and cuts off her head. No, God, please don't. I won't cut off your head. If you I do, we're not going to
3: be able to finish the book and we won't know what happens. No, I'll just try and squeak it out of your neck. And
4: just <laughs> go like, ah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but with your neck. hole, I was like, you just keep Ew. reading it.
3: <laughs> That's how much That's I appreciate puppeteering you. puppeteering me. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was me it was the whole the time. Whole time. Yep. Um, Sorry. Never mind. <laughs> I hate this part of the book so much. Oh, my much. God. Will he be okay i don't know it says he's dead we'll have to find out next week please read up until the end of a court of wings and ruin no dudes grappling with erotica this week again we are not in a sexy period of time in these books unless you are a super weirdo and i am not doing those scenes for you
4: Hey babies! For more fairy talk and hot touch, join us every week here on LPN Deep Dives Akatar, available wherever you get your podcasts. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico.